Welcome back to the Subish Podcast. We are going to continue on with the stories that relate to Guru Hargobind and what is now going to be his third battle. In the previous episode, we talked about Guru Hargobind setting up camp, taking up positions around a very large pool, which would be their pond that would be their water supply. This is south of Jodrai's village. And Jodrai, who's a Sikh of Guru Hargobind, who's commanding a force of a thousand, he mentioned to Guru Hargobind that he would come hunting here. And every time he would come hunting, he would think that, you know, if I ever were to pitch a battle, this would be the op- this would be the best spot, the most opportune spot to draw an enemy in, such that you know I have a water supply, they don't, um, they'll be put at a serious disadvantage. So chapter 40, what we're going to look at today, begins off speaking about Guru Hargobind and how the warriors now are are basically preparing for battle. So they are um, stocking up their guns with uh, gunpowder and then so these are matchlock rifles that they would have to put the gunpowder in and uh, put their bullet in with a like a ramrod so push it all the way down anyways it takes time for them to prep so they're taking their time and and prepping up the horses establishing their positions there this is the first part of chapter 40 and then the scene shifts over to back to Lahore so where we left off last from Lahore is when Bilijan had locked everybody up and had taken the second horse, Gulbag, whose name uh, was changed to uh, Suhela by Guru Hargobind. And now we are returning to that scene. So this is late at night. The Emperor Shah Jahan is extremely pissed off that you know, he's stuck. Um, as we mentioned before, Bilijan had locked everybody up. He had threw the keys into the river. So Shah Jahan now as we uh, return to that scene, is yelling at his guards, at his generals, telling them to get um, him out and for them to go after Bidichand. They all yell back, telling him, you know, we're stuck as well, you know, you're not the only one stuck. And uh, in a really funny way, Kavi Santok Singh, the author here, talks about how it's as if Shah Jahan is stuck like a bird in a cage and chirping away, he can't get away. Or he's like um, stuck under a massive stone that's just uh, trapped him and he's yelling for help. And this is the state that Shah Jahan is in. Uh, Super pissed off. Eventually the guards, taking big axes it mentions, they broke up the locks. This is late at night so they uh, describe them with torches. They're going around the fort, opening up the locks. They eventually come to Shah Jahan. Uh, the emperor and they open the locks up from his door and then he gets to chastise them he yells at them calling them idiots and you know people blind of intellect all sorts of character all sorts of uh, colorful language is used and um, this is late at night as I mentioned so they all after getting chastised by Shah Jahan and uh, they all go to sleep and they then return in the morning so the emperor then sets up camp, sets up a shop. Basically, he comes into the court of uh, the the open court, they call it, and the open court is where people of the public, um, ministers, anybody can come into the court to discuss 
or have a, a session, have presence with the emperor. So in this morning um, open court session, it actually speaks a little bit to the nature of a royal court. And this is very fascinating as well because you see how in devotional settings as well, these traditions being carried along as well. So you'll have the fragrance of sandalwood, Jandan being uh, sprinkled around the court. You'll have flowers laid, laid out. And some of these traditions you still see today in some of the Gurdwaras, some of the uh, Gurdwaras that are located outside of Punjab, for example, in Hazur Sahib or Patna, Patna Sahib as well. So in this uh, open court, Shah Jahan uh, is there with his main ministers. And amongst these ministers, one of the ministers it mentions is a Sikh of the Guru, Vizir Khan. So Vizir Khan is actually, he goes back to Guru Arjun Devji's time as well. And he is amongst one of the ministers who is trying to eventually dissuade Shah Jahan from taking uh, too much unreasonable action against Guru Hargobind. There's other ministers in the court as well who are sympathetic to the Sikh cause as well. So Vizir Khan comes in, as well as uh, Kinch Beg is also uh, a minister, and uh, the court is filled up with these ministers while um, Shah Jahan is also chastising them, saying that how could you not recognize um, such a person, um, Bidhi Chan, who came the second time, who ourselves will put the uh, saddles on the horse and he still took it. Like he got us to put the saddle on the horse and he took it from us. You know, I've never seen such a brave thief. Shah Jahan is actually praising, praising in a way, Bidhi Chan. And uh, again, there's chastising and he um, says that, well, you know what, the good thing is that Bidhi Chand has told us what uh, what village he's going to, why he's doing this, whose guru, uh, uh, whose, whose servant he is of uh, Guru Hargobind. So uh, in this way, we can go after him. And uh, Shah Jahan is mentioning how you know precious these horses were to him, as well as the uh, saddles, which were, were cost hundreds of thousands. And he's saying, you know, I'm so pissed off, I am going to go myself and take a huge army with me and uh, go against the house of Guru Nanak. So, Vizir Khan and uh, Kinchbeg are sympathetic to the Sikh cause. So that's much of chapter 40, is Shah Jahan just yelling at his ministers, extremely pissed off. And as he's doing that, actually, at the end of chapter 40, it mentions how, in, this is in the morning now, of the next day, that people become aware of Shah Jahan's anger and now his plan. Everybody knows there's going to be some sort of plan where an army is going to leave to go after Guru Hargobind. So much of the city and much of the warriors start preparing regardless, even though a plan is not made. The plan is made now in chapter 41 as chapter 41 starts. So chapter 40 ends with a scene about Lahore and how uh, there's a bit of a hustle bustle in the city where people are trying to count up the horses, get all the horses together, get all the ammunition, get all the warriors together. And there's sort of a, 
there's this action uh, out to the warriors to to prepare for a big battle that's on its way. So chapter 41 now starts where uh, again we're in the court and Vizier Khan is listening to all this from Shah Jahan about how he's going to take this massive army himself and he's going to go down and just destroy all the Sikhs. Vizier Khan is a little worried about this. He is a very devout Sikh of Guru Arjan and Guru Hargobind. And so he's trying to dissuade Shah Jahan from, from taking this action. And in doing so, he says to Shah Jahan, he says, you know, you can do what you like. You know, obviously you're the emperor, but I'm just looking out for you. This is him playing a little bit of politics here. And he's saying that the optics of this will not look good if you yourself go down. And he says, you know, everybody knows in the whole world, he's telling Shah Jahan this, that almost as it's accepted that the house of Guru Nanak, people know that this house has a lot of miracles and it can perform miracles and uh, it's done the impossible before, it's been in battle before. So he says, it, it probably won't be a good idea if you yourself go. What you should do is you should send somebody else, first of all, to kind of get away from any uh, fault. And second of all, if you lose, how bad would that look that you yourself has taken such a big army and the Guru has used some type of miracle and, and, and uh, you were not successful. And because of that, uh, the whole world, even if you're not killed, the whole world will laugh at you. That emperor of the world, emperor of uh, Hindustan, this whole area, you cannot kill uh, a guru and, and a guru Hargobin with just who has such a small number of warriors. Kinchbeg then chimes in as well. Kinchbeg is also sympathetic to the Sikhs and he says, Yeah, you know, Vizier Khan and myself, we're just looking out for you here. Um, it would probably not be best for you to go. Additionally, you know what? You probably shouldn't send a lot of cannons as well. And you probably shouldn't be disproportionate with the amount of soldiers either. So don't send too many soldiers either. The optics of it will just look bad. And they're saying, we're looking out for you. We just want the best for you. You can do as you wish, but this is our thought on this. So Shah Jahan takes their advice actually and says, all right, you know, we can do this. Um, and as he's... Uh, deciding on this he says all right fine if I'm not going I'll send somebody so then in the court they have a call to bring all the generals in so now the court is totally filled up because you know quite a few uh, generals then walk in and all of these generals command quite large uh, armies divisions of the army so as they walk in Shah Jahan places a unsheathed sword uh, in front of all of them an unsheathed sword and also a beetle nut on the sword now this is uh, kind of a tradition in the court uh, when going to battle that um, as we'll see here I'll kind of lay it out first so he places his unsheathed sword he places the beetle nut on, beetle nut on it and he says to them he says who amongst you generals would take up the sword 
against Guru Hargobind. Now, Kavisantok Singh, as he's writing this, is, is interesting that he says that some of these generals had seen the horrors that Guru Hargobind had gave to their uh, colleagues, other soldiers that fought in the first and second battle of Guru Hargobind's time. And uh, they slowly were putting their head down, not looking towards Shah Jahan, kind of like kids, if it were, in a classroom, not being called by a teacher. And so they kind of put their head down like this. And uh, one of the generals, his name is Lalla Beg. Lalla Beg is actually the commander of the forces around Kabul, Afghanistan. So there's a little bit of a history with Lalla Beg and the Sikh community as well. At some point, and this is mentioned in the text as well, um, specifically this chapter mentions how um, earlier on in the life of Guru Hargobind, six from Kabul were bringing a horse and they had bought a horse there for some hundred plus thousand rupees. And Lilla Beg, being the commander of that area, found out through um, his underlings that, oh, these guys are buying up horses and weapons. Uh, this is odd and they're delivering it to somewhere uh, down south, east, right towards Punjab area. Uh, so he was not very happy about this. What he did, Lalla Beg did, he found out about this, that Sikhs were doing this, buying fine horses, weaponry, sending it down to Guru Hargobind. He wanted to put a stop to this. He was very suspicious of the Sikh cause and Guru Hargobind. So what he sent a messenger down to Lahore and he said, when the uh, caravan of travelers or caravan of uh, devotees of Guru Hargobind come through Lahore, uh, pass through this area, stop them, and confiscate that very fine horse. So that's what happens, um, and this happens many um, years before this, and many years before Bidhi Chand actually takes revenge and steals two horses, two different horses. Um, but it, it mentions this in the text that Lalabek had this um, animosity towards Guru Hargobind. And he was the cause of the first horse as well. So Lalla Beg then picks up the sword and he eats the, he chews the uh, bead on that. This is a tradition that signifies that now he's going to take up charge here. Now he's the general, he's in command. And when he does that, Shah Jahan is very happy about this. And uh, he gives, so he gives him like a robe, siropa. He gives him a, a very special rifle, which had on the back, uh, on the back of the rifle, it had all sorts of jewels and rubies on it. He gave him a plume, also to put on his, uh, to put on his head as well. He gave him a very fine horse as well, and he said, "All right, now you're going to lead the battle." And <clears throat> Lalabeg then says. You know, he's speaking with, uh, you know, utmost uh, ego and uh, he's being extremely cocky here. And he's saying, you know, what's the guru in front of me? You know, what I can do is if I don't even kill him, I will uh, bring him back. Basically, I'll drag him back to Lahore and then we'll deal with him and we'll get the horses. And he's saying all these things to uh, impress Shah Jahan like he's a great warrior and all this. And then Shah Jahan's looking around and sees, okay, he has a brother there, uh, Kambar Beg is his name. And he says, all right, Kambar Beg, you're going to go with your brother here. And Lalla Beg then ha has two sons with him as well, Qasim Beg and Shamsa Beg. 
So these two sons also go with Lala Big on account of Shah Jahan's uh, orders. And Shah Jahan's looking around as well and sees that he has a nephew there as well. And the text is really funny that it mentions that this nephew is so big that his head is like this massive pot and he's like taller than anybody, everybody there. He's wide. And uh, it says that, uh, you know, on the daily, this guy would uh, do halal. He would, he would uh, kill a goat in a specific Muslim uh, practice and he would eat the whole goat himself, just by himself. And on top of that, he would have, you know, additional food like rotiyan as well on top of that. Um, he was so strong that he could take a coin and, and bend the coin by himself in his hand, or he could rip a shield uh, in two pieces. He was that strong. So Shah Jahan says, all right, take your strong nephew, uh, take your brother, take your two uh, sons. So there's five of them. And the text mentions how um, they, out of the five of them, they commanded about 25,000 troops. So it would be 25,000 troops that would be heading down uh, against Guru Hargobind, who, as I mentioned before, he has 3,000, and Rai Jodh has 1,000, so 4,000 versus 25,000. And uh, when this plan is made, Lala Beg, then as he, as he leaves, he says, all right, this is the plan. Shah Jahan says, all right, but now don't take very long. You have to go right away. So gear up, get all your horses, get all your weaponry ready. I don't want you to take very long. You have to leave today, basically. Um, there's two problems if you if you wait. And Shah Jahan says that the first problem is if you give more time to the Guru, if you wait maybe tomorrow, the day after, the Guru could and his forces could find a position in the jungle. They could they could basically uh, run away. They won't be able to. They'll uh, get out of our sight. So I don't want them to run away. I want you to catch them. Secondly, I don't want them to have time to gear up even more, uh, bring people from different regions uh, and take a, you know, a tactical position that would be detrimental to us. So I need you to leave basically ASAP. Take what you need and, uh, and head out. So in doing this, this is where chapter 41 is going to end off and chapter we're going to look at chapter 42 is how next time is how these forces, these 25 forces from Lahore are going to make their way down and then end up um, meeting or taking positions outside of where the Guru has taken positions. Shut up, Shut up. Shut up. Shut up.